So, Dave, are you are you a um, are you a reader? Are you big, do you read a lot of books, like non yeah. non on the screen books, like real, real, real books? Yeah, absolutely. I've got the, got it here. It's a, a book called I can't really see it. Um, Exponential by Azim Azar. And it's about oh, how I haven't, I haven't heard of that. Yeah, the the future is, of the world is obviously going to be driven by technology and how technology is is exponentially accelerating, and what that means and how to handle that. Oh, interesting. Yeah, is it because it just it well it does seem faster and faster, and I know I've seen that curve. Uh, what's the yeah. name of that? Uh, oh man, now now I feel really uh, dumb. But there, there's this curve Murphy, of technology adoption. What is it? Uh, it's not Murphy's law. It's um, oh, I can't remember the name of the law, but yes, the the speed of adoption is is accelerating. Yes. Pretty yeah. much every every time anything happens, it, it gets adopted a heck of a lot faster. And it's just really interesting to see Azim's view on, on you know, how technology is basically leaving the world behind and you, you have to work really hard to keep up with it. Can, can I just get uh, really, really fat and sit in a robot chair like on that, like on Wally? <laughs> can that be the future of my technology? <laughs> could, could be. <laughs> I'm not bragging about it. I'm just saying that maybe that's what's next for me. In a month, we're, that's where we're at as, as a civilization. <laughs> Nice. I picked up, um, I actually just picked up two books uh, and one I've been meaning to read for a while, but Tribe. Uh, so I'm kind of excited to get into this one uh, by Sebastian Younger, but um, it's pretty good on homecoming and belonging. And I'm, we're um, we're doing a little pre-record on this, obviously, because Jerry and I are doing our third Burning Man. And so every, you know, every year that we can go, we try to go and it's those tenants of community. And we're always looking for a good read uh, on community and belonging. So it should be fun. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It won't be as exciting as this podcast interview, though. Are you ready? Oh, no. Totally. <laughs> right. Well, here we go. Welcome to the CXR channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here. Okay, welcome to today's edition of the CXR Recruiting Community Podcast. We bring to you each week a mostly live broadcast uh, of quick and easy to digest discussions with industry pros, personalities, and our friends for your infotainment. Uh, I'd like to encourage you to please click on the subscribe and like buttons and to reach out to us directly with feedback about the show. We don't have sponsors or ads or any guests that actually pay to be here. Uh, we don't make any money. Uh, from any inserts or media that you see uh, or hear here on the show. The show is just kind of our team delivering quick conversations uh, of, of interest around what our community members ask for. Now, to be honest, I actually don't think it makes any sense from a business and dollar standpoint for us to do this uh, outside of the fact that it is just fun uh, and folks keep asking for more interviews and we enjoy delivering on those requests from the community. So if you have someone uh, that you would like to shine a spotlight on or to have us ask a few questions with or even jump in live, just connect with us at CXR.Works and let us know. So with that, I want to go ahead and introduce someone new to the show and with whom I actually only met about a month or so ago, Dave Smallwood. He is the founder, or excuse me, co-founder of uh, Rollshare. So Dave, uh, welcome to the show. Hey, Chris. <laughs> I'm glad you could make it. Yeah, me too. 
So, uh, Dave, for those who may not know who you are or anything about uh, role share, can you can, can kind of give us an escalator pitch of, of who you are and why we should listen to you today, why we should care what you have to say? Sure. Thanks. Thanks for the opportunity. So uh, my background is about 20 years enterprise sales and technology, um, initially working for American Express and then PayPal. I uh, spent 13 years there. And, and when I left PayPal, I was looking after um, partnerships, marketplaces and um, systems integrated relationships, which is basically the, the ecosystem of people integrating PayPal into customers' websites or merchants' websites. And um, while there and doing an MBA and about to become a parent for the first time, my co-founder, co-CEO of Rollshare and I were having a chat about like, how do you do parenting and working in a big corporate job at the same time without the obvious outsourcing the parenting part? Like, so totally getting a nanny and, and, and outsourcing that bit. Um, and we, we had a deep conversation about the fact that I didn't want Sophie to put her career on the side rails while being a parent and looking after our children. Mm. And in, inversely, she was the same to me. She's like, I don't want you to either do that either. So how do we find something that works? And we had a lot of conversations about what options are available to caregivers in the workplace, especially in mid to senior roles. And through all of it, we, we basically realized that pretty much every option in the market or every work option model out there tries to compress the same amount of work into less time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it could be part-time or compressed work week, et cetera. And, um, and as a manager, I've, I've done that to people and worked with people, giving them what they were looking for, which is more flexibility at a cost to me as a manager. But then also they would always come back six weeks and you know, two, three months later going, oh gosh, this part-time thing isn't what I thought it was going to be. Uh, can I have my old job back or can we go full-time again? And um, through this conversation with Sophie, we, we came across job sharing as a concept that she had heard about 15 years before. Um, and it, light bulbs went off for, for both of us. And we're like, hold on, there's something here. Like, why is this not more widely adopted? Mm -hmm. um, so with the MBA that I was doing at London Business School, I, I took it into the class as a, a project and we did some research on it. And, and basically the, the rest is history. That, that's how we've ended up here. Well, let me ask you, Dave. So it is, it is a really fun. We had a fun discussion about this when, when we were introduced. Um, but talk to me a little bit about the adoption uh, that you're seeing or that's been reported in the UK versus because you're out of London. Yes. Right. So for those we're a little time zone difference today, but uh, for so I'm drinking coffee, you've, you've probably got a beer hidden off screen. And that's fine, too. <laughs> uh, but but what what do you think the adoption looks like in the UK versus the US? Is it the same? Is it exponentially different? I think it's broadly the same in at a company level. Right. So mm -hmm. companies offer it as an option. Um, in the US, one stat that we can point to is the Fortune 100 best companies to work for. Um, in 2019, when we started looking at this, it was, uh, I think it was like 30% of companies offered job sharing in the US. Um, and then last year, it was 50%. So it's definitely going in, in, in a, an upward direction. But then when you look at it, actually, the number of people taking it up within the organizations is still really low. And, and that would be the same in both the US and the UK. And the main reason that our research points to is it's really hard to find someone to share your job with at exactly the moment you need to share your job. And so where do you go? How do you find someone 
and that yeah because we don't see you just don't at least i don't i'll speak for myself not the world but you i just don't see a lot of um shared job advertisements i don't see a lot of promotion around work here uh with somebody else like i, I see a lot of part-time gigs i see and, and gigs but i don't yeah. i just don't see any role sharing or job sharing ads anywhere Absolutely, and and we we started looking at that. Um, one of the, one of the stats that we were looking at in the UK was Indeed, right? So how many job shareable jobs are on Indeed? And when we started looking at this, it was about three four hundred a week, and it's a couple thousand at the moment now. And so it's not it's not um, full broad adoption yet, but it's definitely heading in the right direction. And, and something that that points to the UK view versus the US view on this is um, the Association of British Insurers and the Women in Finance Charter. So two different um, bodies have been formed in the UK specifically to enable more flexibility in work as a driver for gender diversity or in, in improving um, gender seniority. And in both of those commitments that they're getting their members to sign up to, Job sharing is mentioned as one of the facets or tools that they can use to, to enable greater diversity. Um, and but what we've what we found was really interesting actually as we went into this ourselves is uh, when we launched we thought it was mainly going to be aimed at you know parents coming back after having kids and, and mm. male and female. Um, and and actually what we found is it's 60-40 women, 40% men. It's a heck of a lot more than we thought it would be. Yeah, and when you dig into that, it's driven by um, a two two things. One is aging workers thinking about the last five to ten years of their careers, going actually, mm -hmm. why why should I work five days a week? Can't I do three or four? On one side, and then on the other side, people entering the workforce, going actually, I don't want to do a five day corporate gig. I'd like to work three days in a corporate and two days doing my video blog or gaming platform thing. Um, sure. And we're seeing a lot of different use cases than caregivers so you know we started building this thing for our use case and we've unlocked or un opened a can of all sorts of different scenarios <laughs> i so for me there's there's two components that seem to stand out when i as i learn a little bit more about job sharing uh that's that is a positive impact on diversity uh and then the potential really positive impact on internal mobility yeah. Now, is, is that also an area where you're because that sort of seems to go hand in hand with perhaps a job share? I mean, is that yeah. also something that you're seeing? Definitely. So as we started out, it was literally how do we find, help people find one another? First up, okay, let's create a platform to enable that. Second yeah. step of movement for us was how do we make it possible for companies to work with us? And as we started going into that, we realized it's actually not just any companies. It's really large companies that, that are probably at the right level of thinking to, to adopt programs like this. Because um, you know, if you're scaling really fast, you, you don't have time to think about this sort of stuff. If you're at that sort of steady state, 1,000 employees plus, and, and you're, not, you're not growing rapidly, rapidly, um, you, you think about how to retain more than how to acquire in, in more broad ways. Um, and as we've had those conversations, it was, it was yes, let's, let's look at retention first. You know, how do you keep someone in place if they're thinking about leaving? And burnout is, is a really good example of, of a, a scenario that can be supported by this. Yeah. Um, enabling someone to have more flexibility and freedom reduces that burnout and, and then drives that um, stickiness in, in, in the role. Um, and then 
to, to match that retention piece, you've got to attract someone in. So we've got this attraction piece. It's okay, great. And then what does it have to be attraction? Could it just be someone else within the organization coming to share somebody else's job? And all three of those scenarios work together. And, and because you're doing those things with the companies we're working with, the immediate next step is hold on. It doesn't have to just be for flexibility. It could also be for internal mobility, moving people across and upskilling and cross-skilling um, as, as the world needs to move in, you know, faster in, in, in these changing environments, is there a way that we could get a better learning environment by putting people together rather than putting people through courses and programs? Could we just help each other train one another? Like, is, yeah. is there a way of doing that? And, you know, the research we're looking at is that the best way to learn following a search on Google is from a peer. Um, and this mobility learning piece is, is something that we're really exploring at the moment. Yeah, I, well, I find that really fascinating. And, uh, you know, what comes to mind as you're talking through that is, and I'm wondering, have have you have you seen an impact of the pandemic on on job sharing in any way? Is it either from an adoption rate uh, skyrocketing or, or having maybe a negative impact in some way? As it happened, as you know, March 2020, it was the worst time in the last hundred years try, to try and launch Rollshare because that, that's exactly when we were doing it. Um, because we, we were a solution that's going to help you retain and attract talent. And everyone was like, not right now, thanks. Um, but as we've moved away from that towards the end of 2020, a bunch of organizations came to us cold. You know, We didn't do any marketing or promotion because we're still building the product. And they came straight in and like, hey, how can we use this to get people to come back to the office? Is there a way of doing that? See, now I hadn't thought of that, like a, a return to work strategy. Yeah. So there was a piece there. I was like, yeah, you could. But actually, there's this broader application than just that. And as people start looking at all the different options with this, they, they, you know, minds are opened and, and conversations happen. And the where we are now is you know, companies are struggling like never before You know, in, in what everyone calls this huge war for talent, et cetera. Oh, and, I hate that phrase. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's it's basically what we what we're looking at, and, and we've done quite a lot of research. We've got a few pretty smart people helping us. It's driven by two or three things. The main main one is increasing prevalence of gig slash platforms mm -hmm. that enable people to go. Actually, I don't need to work full time. I can go and do something three days, two days, one day, whatever. Um, and making that easier and easier and easier for people to drains the talent pool that's available because people the best people leave because they can, and they can go and get jobs elsewhere. Um, or these types of gigs elsewhere and probably earn a little bit more while doing so. Um, yeah. And then you add to that the aging demographic challenges that developed markets have got, which is you know, 15 years from now, there's going to be more people entering retirement than there are entering the workforce. There's a problem, yeah. right? And, and companies need to fix that problem somehow. Yeah, well, it's funny because you had shared... Um, so there was a UK study, I guess, that showed um, people participating in, in role sharing or job sharing were reportedly 30 percent uh, more productive. Uh, and I'm kind of wondering what what that's sort of based on, like why why is, is sharing a job with somebody different than just two part time workers sort of, you know, connecting to one another. Right. And I think Sophie, uh, your partner and your partner. Uh, mm -hmm. had done an interview in the in MIT Sloan Management Review, and I've got a link. I'm going to throw it up here while you answer. There we go. Uh, I give a link. I throw it on the screen. 
It is a whopper, by the way, if you're not watching. It's sloanreview.mit.edu slash article slash melding dash flexibility dash and dash connectivity dash in dash the dash workplace. <laughs> we'll put a link in the recap for everybody. But what, what would you attribute? Because I did, I did flip through and it was really interesting. But what would you attribute that to the, the, the sharing of roles versus sort of the, the mashup of a couple part timers? So we, we've interviewed more than 200 people that are in job shares and then also um, the people that are managing them or the people that are reporting to them. And one of the things that we've uncovered in that research is when done correctly or when done right, one of the things that shows up always is the motivations about how and why, they, why they've signed up to do job sharing in the first place. Mm -hmm. And it, generally what we see is if there's a real reason, i.e., caregiving or a startup that somebody wants to do on the side or there's something really solid that they're very committed to making work that then they become super committed to making their role work and they become accountable to the other party rather than to the line management as well so when you do that joint accountability piece and they hold each other accountable day to day week to week and there's a handover mechanism in that week. There has to be a strong handover mechanism um, in the pair. That then creates a level of efficiency and, and performance that you wouldn't normally see in an individual role. Or, and, and really, when, you, when we boil it down, two is better than one. That, that, that's really what we, we think is happening here is you know, one person in isolation has got their own views on the world and ways of working and you know, positives and, and negatives around everything that they're doing. And when you put two people together, you get more positives and less negatives and, and they balance each other in the right direction. And um, the, the, the research that we were looking at um, points to that and shows to that. And, and the work that we're doing with our first enterprise pilots is digging into that some more. So there's a cost save on retention. Great. There's potentially a cost save on some attraction pieces as well. Mm -hmm. Really, is this going to drive a higher level of performance for the companies that get it right? And we believe yes. Yeah, the, the cohort aspect of that and the camaraderie component like really, really fascinate me yeah. uh, and, and drive me to want to learn a little bit more about that and, and the differentiation between, you know, some role sharing and just, you know, stacking up part timers. And I, I, I just find that fascinating. How, Dave, how, how would we encourage leaders to um, to learn more or how do we educate them? on the benefits of sort of taking a risk because in a lot of corporate as a former ta leader like i really we went round and round a little bit up front because i really had a hard time sort of wrapping my head around it yeah. um how do we encourage those those ta practitioners to to learn more and take risks with role sharing i mean obviously other other than check out check out your site which i'd encourage yeah. anybody to do right but we're, it's not a product pitch is from an education standpoint, where do they go where, where would you send them to learn more um, so first, we've got a, a guide section or a toolkit section on our, on our website, and we've got a ton of really solid research, case studies, podcast interviews, et cetera, of those 200 or so interviews that, that we've done previously, um, ranging from you know, leaders at Twitter all the way through MasterCard and, and a bunch of other organizations all over the world and, um, down, and across industries, right? So like detectives, job sharing and, and that sort of stuff. And so it really just shows that it can be done sort of anywhere. I would say the way that it normally happens and the way that people normally uncover this is they're trying to look after or keep a high performer that then proposes the option right, as, to their line manager. The line manager then takes it through to talent acquisition and recruitment, et cetera, say, how, how do we do this? How do we make this thing work? Um, 
And what we're seeing, um, the best way to really test this out, if an organization is beginning to think of, you know, should we even look at this, is go and talk to your employee representation groups, or if you've got them within your organization, the ones that look after parents, the ones that look after underrepresented groups, and ask them if they would be interested in it. And if there's a resounding yes, then let's, let's do a pilot. And, you know, we're open all day long for piloting and low cost, low risk, you know, toe in the water type work. And um, because we, we're really um, wanted to just everyone to experience what this looks like and feels like. And we're seeing on the majority that when they do that, things go right. Okay. Well, look, um, here's what I'm going to do. So, so I know we didn't talk about this before. We have oh, a, yeah. at CXR.org <laughs> director. We have a director of about 600 or so uh, vendors and talent solution providers in there. What I'm going to do, at, because I don't want to throw a big, long MIT logo up on the screen again, uh, if folks find you, we're going to add you in that directory and I'm going to take those resources and add them in there. And I think you also, I think there's a YouTube video. We'll put a profile page up for role share and we'll drop Amazing. those resources in there and link to them. That'll make it super easy for anybody to cool. find that. Does that work? And Fantastic. then we can drive them back if they want additional info or to talk to you directly, Dave, uh, or your, or your partners and, and founding team, uh, cool. should make it super easy for folks to do that, to get educated. And we will add to that. I'm just thinking on the fly here. We'll add to that at some sort of discount for CXR members so that, that you can track that too. So you, you Oh, man, that. everybody's winning today. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Look, let me ask you, Dave. If you were going to write a book on the topic of role sharing and, and kind of what we've talked about today, what, what would the title of that book be? I think it would be having your cake and eating it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Who, and, let me ask really, you, go ahead. The reason there is because both parties in their job share, i.e. the companies and the professionals job sharing, both get what they're looking for. Individuals in the job share get the flexibility and the freedom when they're not working because somebody else is working for them to go and do the thing that they want to do. There's no extra pressure on them. And then the company gets what it needs, which is full-time cover and higher performance. I love it. Having your cake and eating it by Dave Smallwood. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to put you on the spot, Dave, who gets the first autographed copy? Ooh, um, I'd have to go with Linda Gratton. Um, she's a professor at London Business School. She believed in the idea when I pitched it to her while I was studying. Um, and she became an investor and an advisor. She's been on this and she's written tons of books. So it would feel really good for me to give her a book. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. You're a good man, Charlie Brown. Dave, I want to thank you for joining the show. I'm so appreciative of all the time uh, that you've given to us and, and educating me. And I'm really hopeful that some of our community members will reach out, uh, learn a little okay. bit more and, and maybe really just check out the platform as well and see if it's a fit for their organization. Sounds good. Thanks, Chris. All right, good stuff. I'm going to throw you back in the green room really quick. Don't go anywhere, though. Hang out with us. All right, and I'll be right back. I just want to remind everybody before we before we end the show, cxr.org slash events, you'll see what's coming up. We also include a list of the podcast interviews that are up ahead. Uh, cxr.org slash lecture. If you haven't checked this out already, it is for our members. Any community, uh, any community member at any level uh, can get in there and sort of check those out. And these are a monthly series where we brought in professional uh, lecturers from all over the world to talk about hot topics that our leaders, uh, as well as our members, have sort of voted up that they want to hear more about. And we're excited about that. That's getting a lot of traction. And then, of course, this one, CXR at work slash podcast. So check us out. 
Uh, be sure, like I said earlier, uh, link, subscribe, post, like, let us know. Talk to us a little bit. We've got more on the way, but we're always anxious to hear what you want to hear more about. And with that, I'm going to see you next week. Thanks for listening to the CXR channel. Please subscribe to CXR on your favorite podcast resource and leave us a review while you're at it. Learn more about CXR at our website, cxr.works, facebook.com and twitter.com slash career crossroads and on Instagram at career X roads. We'll catch you next time.